It's Chris Harrison from The Bachelor. Welcome to the podcast, Bachelor Bros. Great analysis, breaking down the show. Hopefully you're kind to the host. That's my only request. Make it a good one. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Batch Bros, episode 10. I am Jonah, joined by co-host. Hello, my name is Jeremy. We are the Batch Bros. We take an analytical, sports-like view at the show The Bachelor, deep diving in on theories, analytics, data. We're just two bros who really love The Bachelor, and we're 10 episodes in in this wild little journey that's been The Batch Bros podcast. Jeremy, happy 10th episode to you. Wow, the 10th episode. We made it. We can stop now. You know, they say all great podcasts typically, they just go to 10 and then they're over. Let's just pull a Jordan and, and just go out while we're on top. I mean, we're <laughs> operating at an all-time high. Let's just end it here. And, and it will live in this perfect sort of bubble, if you will, all out of this season. And it'll just be 10 episodes, bingeable, well, easy to digest. What the audience doesn't know is that we have the Love Island Bros, which is, of course, the same thing as Batch Bros, but for Love, Love Island. Love Island Bros, the L.I. Bros. Not um, to be confused with the Long Island Bros. Let's jump right in. We saw last night's episode a mixed match of a men tell all also with narrative, because I guess I, every season yeah. I always forget that they do the men tell all and they still push the narrative. You, you know, it's interesting that that is a that is a recent thing. Um, the first few seasons I watched and also like the earlier stuff when they were kind of finding the like first the after the final rose, like post show interview and then the mentel all. It's very much a separate episode, uh, especially the mentel all. They typically go two hours. I think part of that was. So but let's just start with the mentel. So I, I got to think. So they had to, they implied that they were in La Quinta with the establishing shop. And then Chris like quickly mentioned like Los Angeles. So I think that might've been just like bullshit. Like, I don't think they were still in La Quinta. I think they shot this much more recently, hmm. but cause I was going to say that they would have had to re-quarantine all these dudes for two weeks, which feels crazy for the guys that have left, you know, like Jason and the guys that left early. Um, I think his name was Jason, the, the ex football player. Uh, who told Joseph to shut the fuck up? Yeah, that was Jason. And, was and, and said said what everyone was thinking. Yeah. Uh, shout out to him. And uh, yeah, like, I think this was, you know, we've got a bit of more of a handle on how to shoot in COVID. Uh, you know, movies are shooting, TV shows are shooting. They're no longer at the tip of the spear, as it were, like they were with this bubble, like the NBA was with the bubble. Um, you know, the NFL took those took the things that the NBA learned and they're still playing in stadiums and whatnot. So I think this was probably just a studio in LA. I think probably everyone got COVID tested. Curiously, uh, Jason was not there. Well, a lot of them was weird. A lot of them. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them weren't there. Not, they don't bring every guy back. It's usually just the, the, like the people that were, you know, influential, but Jason to me had a big storyline with Ed. And so I have two thoughts, either Jason, failed his COVID test or like it was inconclusive and they were just like, we can't risk it, which like mm. I think is probably a thing that could easily have happened given that it's not a bubble environment or they just thought Noah V Bennett and Jason V Ed was too much of the same storyline. Cause it was weird. Cause they opened with Ed going after Jason and like Jason wasn't there to defend himself. And I was like, this is like pretty fucking a weird move. Uh, but I like that DeMar 
stood up for chasing because i was like chasing's not even here I mean, maybe we can get chasing on on batch Bros and he can and he can say his yeah. piece because I, I didn't like that at all i wonder where he was um i i yeah i'm also curious did they record this in la a couple weeks after which is going to get to one of our talking points which is how they actually pull off the hometowns meaning do they fly the families in two weeks ahead of you time know, and if so i had that same thought if so does that mean she's picking her hometowns then essentially going two weeks sons like any progression of relationship and it's like, gotta be i i thought about this a lot last let's night. just talk about yeah, it. yeah. It, it hit me like a ton of bricks i was like how are they doing hometowns you can't travel like right. they can't the families would have have to be in quarantine they would have had to have like eight different guys families quarantining yeah. potentially uh I got to think the families are coming to La Quinta slash they are already there. Correct. I agree. Um, and it's just going to be like, hang with my family in our suite and like get to know my family, uh, you know, get to know, like have a meal with them, whatever. And it will just be the thing that we'll be missing is that like hometown flavor. Oh, this is my favorite Wait, but when ice cream bring, store. When bring, That's where we eat lunch. When did they bring in the fam? Like when did that, what are the logistics of that? Like did that, does that mean that she picked her final four? The second that rose ceremony was over, all the producers called up the families and said, here's your paid flights. Come to La Quinta. You're going to get tested and you're going to quarantine for two weeks. Meaning I think, yeah, it's super complicated. I, I don't know. What, what do you think? I, I, I'm of the mind go, that like. Let's go over the options. The options are that it's the, the most obvious option is as follows, in my opinion. It's they had the rose ceremony where mm-hmm. she like basically excommunicated. She just fired them off. You know, she just arrowed each of these guys. Then that happened. Do you want to talk about that for a second, or do you want to? We'll jump. Let's through? jump back to that. Okay. Let's jump back. Yeah. That's a big. That's that, yeah. so that happens. Producers are on standby. Every single guy that gets a rose. Well, you can also think about it this way. They knew that um, Ben had had a rose, so they instantly probably called Ben's family. They right. brought him into quarantine, so maybe that allowed a three or four day buffer, wherein each of these families could sort of roll over into it. So. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's super interesting. Two weeks, but then you have to wait two. Weeks. I, it's not enough time. I do think, even with Ben, I think probably to to go on this season, you had to sign an extra waiver. I'm assuming that was like AI waive all liability just yeah. to ABC if I get COVID and God forbid something happens. But B, I think the waiver was also probably like, and you and also your family, which you know your family has to agree to do hometowns when you go on the Bachelor normally. But I think it was probably like your family has to agree to if you make the hometown week to or like you are a, if you are a candidate for hometown week, i.e. the rose ceremony before it, your family has to start quarantining, anticipating that they may travel. And by the way, if you get eliminated, of course, they can stop. I got to think those eight guys or at least seven, because Bennett was kind of the last minute addition that they didn't think was going to be there. As soon as that rose ceremony prior to the current one happened it was like all seven of your families have to start quarantining and then we're going to fly oh, you them. think they had all the families and there prior to no no i think just like at their homes they need to be responsible and like isolating and then we're going to fly them private so they're going to they, they would they would fly them private and then oh i think test them like three times or whatever just to be safe and then you I think, think abc probably, flew them private i guess they saved money on like location fees for having to fly to other countries uh you you have you have to fly private the, the first movies that shot all flew the cast and essential people private. Like okay. It's, there, it's too there big of a risk to put people on a public plane. Uh, and, and at the time, this shot, when we're still in a bubble environment uh, and they were taking every precaution, they they definitely flew these families private. Or maybe they rented one plane and picked, like, 
pick them all up. I no, no, that, that makes more sense. money. But, but then also that actually fixes the problem of having to wait two weeks where they couldn't progress from hometown rows to meet the parents. That yeah. now eliminates that time period. So like maybe they waited three days, got tested, then started. I think it was testing, fly private, test again, test again, test again. And assuming there's no positives anywhere, they felt good enough to shoot. Yeah, which because I was going to say, what's that weird downtime? Anyway, good theories there, good intel in terms of how the industry was working at that time. Let's jump back to something that we glossed over that you called out, which is, and we'll, you know, the rose ceremony that we saw from Tasha. Have you seen something that sniper level from a bachelorette ever well no and it was super interesting because like you and i talked about the blake one-on-one of it all last week because i was like she's sort of entrapped herself here because like you were like you know despite blake being on your team you admitted i'll give you credit like they have no chemistry they haven't had any time together which is like it's not either their faults it's kind of like she's just been on this roller coaster since she entered so late and they and he, you know, was one of the only f- people that had a connection with Claire besides Dale, and therefore it took him, you know, a second to open himself back up. So there was that that sort of converging disadvantages yeah. to their relationship. And I was like, why is she giving him the one on one this week? Because typically, if you give someone a one on one and it goes well, that's a rose. And all of a sudden, one of the hometowns is gone, and you've given a guy who you're like maybe not as far along with a chance at hometowns, and all of a sudden he's in the running to win the whole thing. But I will say to her credit, she like took that date. It was like very pragmatic almost. And she like kind of went like piece by piece. And at, at one point she was just like, we're not far enough along. And it wasn't like, a, am going to use a rose on you to see if we can get there. It was like, an, I know that we're not going to get there or slash I have a better chance to get there with these other guys that I've fallen harder for. Yeah. So I guess she did use the one-on-one to sort of confirm that. So in hindsight, it does make sense to me that she would give the one-on-one to him this week. And then the Riley of it all is very interesting. Uh, what do you think about this pre-Rose ceremony? Uh, you know, first Blake, but that was via a date. So that's a little more traditional. You know, we see, we've seen dates where guys don't get roses uh, often, you know, not during the daytime portion, but still. And then Riley, that was like, a, let me take you out of the room in front of the guys, which I liked because there was all this like speculation of like, what's happening? Like it was yeah, kind of a new format. Drama. Uh, great drama. Good job by the producers. But then to send him on pre-rose ceremony, what what is that? Is that a true protecting of his emotions yeah. from yeah. Tasha's? Is that what you think that is? It's another example of Tasha being one of the GOAT bachelorettes, GOAT standing for greatest of all time, where she mm. is hyper aware and empathetic towards the guys that she actually has connections with. And if you remember, Riley had that big moment either an episode or two episodes ago where he like came out about his past and they really connected. And I think we came out of that episode acknowledging what an amazing moment between them, but certainly they are friends and there's not, you don't necessarily feel that chemistry. And I think Taisha, being the amazing bachelorette she is, she's like, I'm not going to just give the, you know, not give this guy a rose and have him walk out and give, give 30 seconds of screen time. Sorry, 30 seconds of a moment with him. I want to yeah. have a sit down and I want to have this be a conversation. And what I loved about that scene, speaking to some of the very realistic um, emotions we've seen in this season specifically you had that silence and you could look at Riley and you really, you've been, we've all been Riley. We were all been like at a loss for words. We're getting broken up with whether or not you've been dating someone for six months or four years. We've all like, when we had that conversation where someone's ending it with you, you're like shocked. And you saw that with Riley. And of course he, I think took it very well. And I think Tasha 
she was such a nice, that's the way you break up with someone. Take Tasha's energy, that scene. I mean, she did an amazing job and it's, it was sad. I felt bad for Riley, but I think ultimately, you know, they, they, they're, they, there, you can see it on screen. There, there is no chemistry that exists between those two. Yeah, you you had a really good prediction that Riley and her are going to be friends, and I think that's true. Yeah. And and I think he he really like almost even though there was no chemistry, he like showed her what she deserves in a man because he is mm-hmm. like truly like husband material. Mm-hmm. I think not for Tasha, but certainly for someone like by the way, Riley is the man. Like mm-hmm. he's pulling off a magenta turtleneck and mental fully killing the fit. His outfit's really good in that in the mental all. Uh, really really strong, and you know they had a great moment there. That was kind of closure for both of them, which I thought was really great. Uh, and Chris Harrison kind of hesitated, like, "Are we allowed to have like guys in the hot seat? Like we're supposed to be social distancing? Oh, fuck it! Like get up here, yeah, yeah, <laughs> give yeah. her a hug." Um, which you know was really funny. But yeah, I think you know it just shows to me that Tasha, you know, as they say on the Bachelorette and the Bachelor franchise, is here. For the right reasons. Yeah. Uh, she could have easily taken all those guys in the rose ceremony, including, you know, she could have done the thing she did from the group date, which was like, take the rose away and be like, I got to think more about this because hometowns is so big. Uh, you know, only Ben could have had a rose. Riley and Blake could have both been there and she could have asked them there. And I'm sure the producers were like, do it at the rose ceremony, be more dramatic. It'll be better for, you know, ratings, whatever. Like those conversations, whether those happened directly to Tasha or indirectly with the showrunner. And then, you know, they tried to convince Tasha to keep them to the rose ceremony. Who knows? But clearly her instincts to care more about these guys, emotional well-being, you know, and cut them in a more one-on-one direct way where they have a, a proper goodbye it's not done for fucking drama and ratings it just feels right and it was really cool to watch and not often how it goes on this show which is you know it's what it's known for it's known for the drama uh so it was interesting to see sort of Tasha's feelings and her process that she's had this whole time win out in that situation that was really great conspiracy theory and i'm not a conspiracy theorist but if this episode got me thinking about anything and this is controversial. This is maybe now where this episode of The Bachelors gets a little juicy. I had this crazy, after seeing this episode and this episode only, mm-hmm. I had this thought that crossed my mind. And I don't, I'm not trying to, this is not malicious towards Tasha. This is malicious towards ABC. I'm with you. Was Noah placed for the sole purpose of creating drama in a way that is actually like they were, it was like told, it was discussed. Where like, even they told Tasha, like he's here because we need a little bit of drama. You know, they probably have a nicer word for it internally. Like mm-hmm. the X factor. Just right. <clears throat> and like, I don't believe he was there. I think Tasha knew from night one that he would never make it past to hometowns. I think Tasha was, basically was always like whispered, like just keep him around, just keep him around. Do we think? Yeah, well, we, yeah, for sure. I, I think you're 100% on it. And we've seen, by the way, Tasha fall for these fun loving guys without a lot of substance, as we discussed last week on the pod, whether it was JPJ in Paradise or Colton before that. Um, you know, and she has this trouble it, it, where it feels like she wants, you know, quote unquote, grown ass man. They had the grown ass man date. Uh, but then, you know, she regresses sometimes into these behaviors of falling for stunts and tricks. Like, and that's kind of why we discussed Noah has fallen, uh, stayed around. Uh, but I will say, I think for sure those four new guys felt very targeted when they arrived. 
you know, the other two went home quickly, but uh, Noah, especially, and even Spencer, you know, if you'll remember his first night, he came in, he was kind of like chopping it up with the guys, like, you know, don't get in my way or like Tasha's husband is here, whatever he said. He, he, if you'll remember, like got clapped at very quickly by one of like the bigger dudes. I think it might've been easier Riley. And it was Riley, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and Riley was like, you better fucking watch what you say to me. And after that, Spencer became like a little puppy and we saw he was all bark, no bite, but he clearly was also, uh, you know, one of those guys that they thought could, there was this crazy bromance going on unprecedented because Claire chose Dale from the first moment she met him and never showed the other guys any affection. It wasn't a fair race. And then they therefore bonded both living together and being in this bubble and all these crazy yeah. things, but also, you know, let's hang out with each other. Cause the bachelorette doesn't give a shit about us. Uh, it's the Dale show, whatever. And that led to a very strong bromance and uh, the Noah to me. And also I think they thought they had in Spencer more than they did felt like a direct, like we got to get some drama in the house. We're missing like half of the fun of the show without, excuse me, the guys at each other's throats, you know? Which is to say that what, you know, going back to our major thesis of this show is what is this show? Is it a competition? Is it really about finding love or is it entertainment? And I don't think you can be all three. You cannot be a competition entertainment show and also still try to find love, which is perhaps why the show is fairly unsuccessful at the first thing on that list, which is people successfully finding everlasting love. I do think you're right. Uh, on that front, I, though, I will say Tasha has shown that she is going to lean out of the bullshit wherever she can and, and to the best of her power, given that she is in a situation where, you know, the people that are supposed to be helping her are often manipulating you as well. Uh, but even with the pre-row ceremony eliminations this week, I think it showed that, like, she is on course to find love here. I do think the fact that she has strong feelings for all four of the remaining guys is, or at least three of them is is problematic. To that because like now we get into a situation that we've seen before where you choose someone and then later you realize oh shit i should have gone with the runner-up which we talked about has happened many times on this show uh and then oh, whether wow. you, they you find like, we're gonna have one of those uh it just feels like you know there could be some buyer's remorse here given how strong her feelings are for ben for zach for ivan uh i the do ivan's think the, why, zach's the, the zach's the vents the ivan's the zach's the vents uh put it on a t-shirt the Let's talk about the final four. By the way, Chris really, as we discussed last week, came back and you could tell he brought it on Chris the is back in the cockpit. We're back on Chris. Tasha, gentlemen, this is the final rose tonight. There were some strong, dramatic pauses. Uh, the captain is on the bridge. Captain on the bridge. Captain yeah, I, on the I bridge. Imagine, I imagine when Chris got back to set, it was Picard after being held hostage by the... Yes, you know, he's been the, rescued from the, the Borgs. Borgs. Yeah, he's, he's rescued by the Borgs. Everyone's at attention, scared, but excited at the same time because they've That's missed right. his sort of captain style. That's right, his captaining. All right, we fulfilled our contractual Star Trek obligation. Yeah, there we go. Uh, so, so let's, yeah, let's talk Final Four. Who, who you got here? So, well, so you know, out, by the way, yeah, I just, I, I, and, and, you know, I've been, I've been killing Jonah's team all season. And, you know, and he has humbly told me how good my team is. And I will say that is because last season, my team uh, cratered. Uh, <laughs> who, who's Pete? So, Peter's season was my worst season on record in the history of The Bachelor. My entire team, except one person, uh, had, 
I was watching the first rose ceremony and it got to the final rose and I looked at my team and I realized that none of them had received roses uh, and then took a ton of shit talk in the group chat uh, for that result. And then my final person was quickly eliminated in week two after no camera time. Uh, so, you know, this has been a bit, a bit of vengeance for me this season. That's why I've been giving Jonah such a hard time. Um, but we're now in the final four. I'm, I'm back in strong form with two of the final four contestants of Ben and you have Zach, Zach and Ben. Yeah, really. Uh, but let's go unbiased. Uh, w- let's get some predictions here. You know, we haven't really done a lot of predictions yet on the show. I think we're at a point where, you know, it's slimmed down enough where we can start making some calls. We've got, if this goes traditionally, which sometimes it doesn't, but let's just yeah. say it will, we've got three fantasy suites, meaning one elimination post hometown. Mm-hmm. And we've got two finalists and a winner, a final rose. Who do you have? Who goes home after? I, home I'm doing dance? process of elimination here. I don't think Tasha and excuse my language. I don't think Tasha wants is has sexual chemistry with Ivan. I do love okay. Ivan, um, so I'm taking him not to fantasy suites. So, okay. so then we got Brendan, Zach, and Ben. I think she wants to sleep with Ben. <laughs> so like, That's, I think she that is confirmed. Him. I think she wants to sleep with Zach, but we knew that already. And I think mm-hmm. she's probably curious about Brendan as a person. So she's going to push Ben through. So now with those three left, um, I think Ben is one of those, you know, Tyler C ended up actually becoming someone that we all now know and love, but mm. you know, it was the, it's the windmill effect. It's basically like the person that you want to sleep with, because you've gotten to know them. And look, we're, we're all human beings. You can be physically attracted to someone, want to sleep with them, but maybe you don't see a future with them. That's, sure. to- that's totally fair. So I'm taking Ben off that list next, which leaves us with Brendan and Zach. Um, wow, I think Brendan's final too. I, I think he somehow that worked his way in there, even though he kind of even though he kind of sounds like this and I don't really know. <laughs> hammering, hammering him on a weekly basis. No, the I, accent yeah, is still like, not correct. I like Brendan a lot. He's again, I said it episode one, best dressed, one of my favorite characters in the show. Looks great. Between Brendan and Zach. Rocks a mock neck like nobody else. Really good mock necks. I'm going to say between Brendan and Zach, I'm going to go. I'm actually going to take a, a page out of what you just suggested, where she picks one of them and she goes for the other. And I, I, she picks one, makes the mistake, goes for the other. And I don't know what that is going to look like. Interesting. What That's very it? interesting, given that both of those guys were also married. So in that situation, right. she's putting a, a guy who's been married, assuming that it is her decision to break it off, which, you know... Often Wait, she is, is in control of the married? Remind me where we Zach Zach was married. It was part of his uh, the story of his addiction and and kind of the other problems he had as a result. That's uh, that's canon. Of, of yeah, it is. He okay. he shared that with her. Okay. Uh, and Brendan is also canon confirmed uh, previously married. Yeah, he won't shut up. Um, I, no, I used to be married. I used to have a okay. marriage. All right. <laughs> Sorry, All, right. All right, Scott. I'm cutting right. you off. Um, um, Brendan, what's your prediction? Uh, so starting with the four, yeah, here's what I got. And and it's, it's not going to be what you said. I think Brendan is gone after hometowns. Uh, I do think somehow you you said Brendan or Ivan, Brendan, I'm eliminating next. Okay. Brendan. I, so I think Brendan will not make fantasy suites. I think Ivan, Ben, Zach, fantasy suites. Okay. I think 
Ben and Zach are moving forward. I think she's still, Ben smartly, she still doesn't know a ton about him, which I think at this point, like she's so infatuated with him Hmm. and assuming that they do indeed have sexual chemistry, which feels likely, I would say. Uh, I do think that's going to make the connection stronger and she's going to want to know more about him. To me, that gets him through. Uh, and then I, then I don't know, but, uh, you know, I'm guaranteed to win at that point. So I feel great about that. It does feel like Zach. I don't, there's something, yeah. Yeah, he, you know, and, and, and I had a thought on this last night and I think it's because if I were to try to put words to it, it is, this is a guy who's not typical for this show. Just like Bennett is, was a guy who was not typical for the show. That is a fallout from the fact that they cast older for Claire. Yes. Claire very immaturely was like, let me get married to a guy that I barely know. And it was insane. Uh, but we had all these leftover, you know, 30 plus year old guys. Typically the dudes are Noah's age, like 25, 26, 27, sometimes younger. Uh, they're recently very much there for like the social media influence. A lot of them are there for quote unquote, the wrong reasons. And that was not the case this season. We have a lot of guys who like have, real jobs. Riley is a real attorney. Zach is an addiction counselor. Bennett uh, is a recruiter for a wealth management fund. Like these guys have real lives that they are going back to. They have their shit figured out for lack of a better term. Uh, You know, they have been living as adults for a decade and a half. A lot of the guys who go on the bachelor, like it's the thing they do after college. Like they don't have any of their shit figured out. And literally then they become like a social media influencer and they pop around in the bachelor bachelor in paradise, you know, pool for, for about three years. And then they're like on to the next, whatever thing they can do with their, with their follower account or whatever. These are guys who didn't come on here. I mean, you know, I don't want to speak in generalities, but it feels like these are guys who came on here actually. Cause they were like, you know what? Like maybe I can find love on the bachelor. That inherently is a bad idea, but I understand getting tricked by the, the allure of it. Right. Uh, so to me, Zach feels like a guy who him and Tasha could get married and literally fuck off and never be seen in the Bachelor franchise again because like they're actually both here to get married. Well, the I think you're right about Zach and that he's like the basically the sum of all the great parts. And he's kind of like the red Power Ranger in the sense mm. that he is genuinely like uh, he's he's the qualities it takes to win. And here's from a physical and personal standpoint. One, he's no bullshit, no games. He is Mm -hmm. a to a to Z. You see him always dodging conflict. You see him being competitive, but not crazy competitive to the extent of like a Luke P or, you know, almost like a Bennett. Like he doesn't outlier that much because he's smart and he has the emotional intelligence not to give Bennett any credit here for (laughs) inventing language that we use, but He's got good emotional intelligence and he's got great sexual um, tension and energy and confidence with Taisha. But my one thing is, is to why I don't think they're actually going to work out long-term is that he has this weird darkness to him and he still does have this. I mean, look, I don't think we're close enough. I don't see any sincere, I don't see a connection. That's like me rooting for these characters in the way that mm. I saw with a Cassie and a Colton, which are now of course is taking a different term, but yeah. Out of all these seasons, or even even Hannah and I mean Hannah and Jed, it was still tough to see till the very end. But let me think of another one: Peter and Kelly. I saw, it, and now they're dating. You know, Peter and Hannah Ann didn't have it, and you saw them fail. So, like, I guess I mm-hmm. haven't really seen 
that 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 thing with Zach. Now, to go back to your point about Ben, Ben also still very stiff. There's still something we don't see the walls down moment. We'll call it behind the curtain moment where like Mm -hmm. when the cameras aren't rolling, do you guys have fun and hang out? And I guess you've seen it with Zach in that photo, you know, some of the bloopers, you sort of saw glimpses of that, but I don't see it with Ben. Um, I don't know. I just, my thoughts on it are that Tasha is, it's, they both still, Tasha is such an amazing person. Here's what I'll say. Yeah. Tasha is an amazing person. We've gotten to know mm-hmm. her very, very, very well. Yes, we have. None of these guys are, she deserves to be with someone who is, even as amazing as she is, I don't necessarily see it with these guys. I like these guys. I think they're cool. I think they're great human beings. But have I seen yeah. one of them that's like, you and Tasha are meant to be together, that undeniable chemistry? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's very interesting. Uh, I, I think you were spot on with what you said about the chemistry. Oh, can, I, can I add yeah, one more thing? Sorry, 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 sorry. I just wanted yeah, to add, because yeah. I knew you had a thought on this last time. Another reason I think we think Zach subconsciously is going to go far is because, as I mentioned, I think... Oh, yes. Camera, let's talk about this. Off camera, on camera, Zach is looks like a bachelor or ba- a bachelorette winner. And right. like he has more similarities to Jed and Peter and... Nick Vial. He looks and, almost and a, Nick Vial. identical too, yep. You put Brendan guys, is in the same category. Brendan, you put all those guys up against a wall... Like to an untrained eye, it's the same fucking person. So it's like he's it, tall, six one, slightly curly hair, brown curly hair, five o'clock shadow. Not necessarily breathtakingly handsome, nor is he like, but handsome guy, enough. But handsome enough, right? Um, soft and like not necessarily massively intimidating, but like he looks like Jed, and he looks like Peter, and he looks like all those. Guys, I don't know. Continue. Sorry, I cut you and, off. And you think, no, that's good, but I, let's dive into that. And then I had one other thing that I thought you said that was really smart, which is, so you think that, because like, here's the thing about that, which I, I think it's hilarious that it has happened so many times. I mean, they all do look like if you literally put them in a face mash, it would just like be like one of them, you know? It would be like, one of them. Like yeah. none of them would change. It's like you just end back at Nick Vial. Uh, <laughs> like you start with Nick Vial, start laying them. Yeah. Oh, and by the time you get to Zach, it would look like Nick Vial again. Uh, <laughs> which is, uh, we should honestly get someone to do this because I'm like 99% sure that's exactly what would happen. But, um, like an Animorph cover. Yeah, correct. An Animorph cover. That's w- well said. And man, great franchise. But uh, where, where's the live action tentpole uh, Animorphs $150 million feature? I mean, that that's missing in action. <laughs> Who has the rights to that? They're doing a bad job. Of They're doing a horrible job. Um, shame on you anyway, uh, unnamed production company. So that's funny because every one of those guys had a different bachelorette. So what, what do we think (laughs) is, and it's not like, it's not like those guys are like a traditional, like a tall, I mean, you know, this is so cliche, but like a tall, dark and handsome, like whatever the fuck that means. Like no one even knows what that means. It's just like something snappy and, and people like know it as a term for like, a desirable man, basically, without any other descriptors. Um, they're kind of not traditionally handsome. It's very weird to me that of across so many bachelorettes with such different taste, whether it be uh, Caitlin and Andy, who were Nick Vial's bachelorettes, mm. uh, or uh, you know Hannah B, 
uh, for Jed or um, who else did we say? Obviously, uh, Tasha for the mean, new Peter, guys. Peter. Yeah. Um, so it's just very interesting to me that so many of these guys who kind of have that look go deep. Is it like a subconscious? Like I watched The Bachelorette and now I am The Bachelorette and I know that these guys are the type of guys that like become final. Like I just don't like the dots don't really connect, given that the lead is different every time there's a Bachelorette. Well, the dots connect in that they're it's maybe what we've been proving on this podcast, which is that there are similarities. If you look at the trends of anything in life, you know, I think you do see um, you see these things sort of summate into actuality. Now, that being said, all those relationships unsuccessful. I mean, I mean, mm. then again, Peter and Kelly seem to be having a good time off screen. Um, yeah. But in terms of being on the show, I think you're right. I think it's like they when you're in that moment, you're like, oh, my God, I'm the bachelor. I'm the bachelorette. And this is the person I'm like, this person's just going to make it far. Like, it's funny. What we should do is on the next season of um, The Bachelorette, we should, no matter our teams, we should definitely just pick the Jed, Peter, Nick family yes, guy and just absolutely. put all on, put a hundred bucks on red on that. You yeah, know? we're, uh, we're definitely doing that. It's a great idea. Uh, the other thing you said that I think is super important and, and it's, and, you know, they say it in, I don't know where this originated, but you hear it all the time. Like you can't fake chemistry, right? Mm. You go on a date with someone, like you want it to work. You're super physically attracted to them, whatever. And it's just like, it's flat. Can't fake it. Like mm -hmm. you can't even get through a single night of drinks, right? Uh, you never, you never see them again, at least not in a, not in a romantic way. Uh, you can't fake chemistry, man. And you definitely can't fake chemistry on camera, which I think is super interesting we've seen it countless times in this franchise uh i'm curious where you're going with this okay we saw it with peter he yeah. you know madison depleted him they were in like south africa at the tip of the world and uh he's like all of a sudden he was like trying to fire him if you remember he was like firing himself up for hannah and like Hannah's the one like I'm going to ask her. And then they got like engaged and it was like, we're engaged. And it just felt so fake oh. and literally cut to immediately after the commercial break, after the final rose ceremony starts with Peter and him and Hannah Ann are already broken up. It's so, uh, it's and so she's tough. like, yeah, literally the first week we saw each other after the show it was clear that he like wasn't in love with me. It was hard to watch, but he was trying to fake it. He didn't want to leave there alone. Uh, and it's happened other times on the show. I mean, Tasha and JPJ, for example, like they had no chemistry. You were like, what the fuck is happening here? They kept giving each other roses and then immediately broke up after Parrot. There was some weird thing where they like tried to get back together, but that felt like a stunt for cameras when they followed them both to, uh, I think JPJ's house. Uh, they broke up, no chemistry. Uh, Hannah G and Colton, she went deep on his season. It, I felt like they never had a substantive conversation, mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? There's just so many times where, like, uh, people will go deep without any actual chemistry with the lead. Uh, and I do think we're kind of seeing that here, uh, with Ivan. I don't think they have a lot of chemistry. Ben, like, I think him being closed off has led, like, they've certainly like made out a lot on camera, but like, that does not account for chemistry uh it's like kind of sometimes they don't they have trouble like even holding a conversation like to me being able to easily converse with someone is like part of an easiness and a chemistry uh i just think it's very interesting that like if you looked at the tape and went back 
of the people on who were the lead who chose like the person that they didn't have the easy breezy chemistry with i would guarantee that all of those relationships failed and the people that chose the guy that was like clearly the guy and like whether they weren't you know as roguishly handsome as the other guy or or the wasn't as beautiful as the other woman but you chose like based on your heart and based on the person that you actually had chemistry with aka were in love with and they were in love with you right natural order of things uh i would guarantee that those relationships have lasted longer and probably those are the ones that last out of the show i agree and i I think look you got me thinking now if we're really pushing this thing to the point of who does she literally have on-screen chemistry with where it's undeniable? Ivan, they're friends. Ben, there's still some sort of weird guard up. Maybe they like mm-hmm. want to bang each other or something like that. Um, Brendan, really sweet, nice guy. But like, I don't think they're like this, you know, his girl Friday old film reference of like this, you know, this quipping back, Cary Grant quipping back and forth kind of level stuff. No. The only person that if I had to really push it out of the of the funnel would be Zach, who she does have chemistry with. Now, does that mean marriage? No, maybe it means they date. Um, and same with a guy like Brendan. But like, I, I agree with you. I think it's like, that's why when you go, we all knew when we watched Peter's and Kelly's season, everyone knew they had something, especially when when Kelly left. The reason she got cut was just because she was like, this is dumb. You like me. I like you. This show mm-hmm. is stupid. It was almost let's, too easy. Like they were too date. far along. Yeah, yeah, let's go date. And then Peter being brainwashed by the process or who else knows what reason. Or maybe he just wanted to like see where that could go later on in time. Yeah. Maybe it was his master plan. Um, now they're back together. Not surprising to me at all. You know, so. It, it, and it was direct evidence for, we, for what we're talking about. Like literally Kelly, uh, if you'll remember. I don't know why I remember these things, but they were on like a three-on-one. And that was when she got eliminated. There were two That's roses. correct. They were the three-on-one. And, and she got, backyard. so she, there were two roses and she didn't get one. And it was because <laughs> she like, basically the other girls like pulled Peter aside and she basically kind of just like sat there and they were interviewing her. And she's like, Peter and I are like really great. Like, I don't I, like the stage yeah. is basically for him to eliminate one of these other girls. And of yeah. course, because of that easy breeziness, because of how far along she knew they were, that ended up getting her eliminated from the show and, and only finishing fifth. But it also, you know, it was clear that they had chemistry and now look, they're together. Uh, and maybe we're going to get an engagement at some point. Who knows? But um, yeah, I think it's, you know, if, if I were to give advice to the bachelor or bachelorette, it'd be like, Listen to your heart. <laughs> like wow, look to, at you plugging. Uh, <laughs> um, speaking I, I had to get a listen to your heart plug in. Really but like, work. really good work. Yeah. To me, it's like pick the person that it feels right with. And if you're not, you're forcing it and it's going to lead to yes, these the, short lived engagements, the things you classically see. Yeah. The end of a season of The Bachelor. Bachelor. Well, the only, the only thing I'll say on that is it may be in the moment during the process itself of production, it is not that easy to see who that person is. So hundred percent, you know, we're talking with the benefit of hindsight and editing and camera work and storylines being created by the producers. So it's not like Tasha doesn't know what she's doing. I'm just saying like, to me, it's just a lean into like, if it doesn't feel right, it isn't right. And like that, Mm -hmm. that, whatever that gut instinct is, wherever that comes from, it is often correct. Um, I completely agree. Speaking of camera work, 
uh, in the process, you know, it might be that time that we look at that segue that we uh, talk about our crew member of the week, which you want to go first. I did write mine down. Great. It was an easy one, right? That's right. So, wow, that was an easy one. Um, it goes to the men tell all, which um, I want to sort of set the stage. Is this yours as well? Uh, I don't know if we have the same, but mine is mine revolves around the men tell okay. all. Um, so men tell all basically you have 10, 12 people in a room, all with what we call a lavalier mic, which is a wireless mic that goes onto the performer. Um, 12 people talking at the same time, yet you still want to be able to pick up individual lines that these people say for sound bites and to track the conversation. I want to give a big tip of the hat to the onset sound mixer whose job it was is to, and I guess post sound mixer as well, mm. who, whose job it is, is, and you'll notice it when you watch the episode, when you have like those quick quips from like Noah or Ed, you can hear in the background, like the wah, 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 because what they're doing is insane. They're isolating their audio line, even though two inches away from them, maybe two Correct. feet, I guess, because COVID, two feet, someone else is yelling. It's really impressive and it's not easy work. You have to take the room tone, you have to mix that against their, their mic and ha not have them come in too hot, meaning they, they peak, meaning they're too loud. So big tip of the hat to that. That is, that is expertly said. And you, know, you and I coming from the scripted world of film and TV, uh, we both know that having you know, 12, call it 12 actors with speaking lines in a scene is a disaster. So <laughs> to do that live, uh, and obviously with some editing and post, but with 12 guys with live mics, uh, plus a host and a bachelorette it, it, it is very impressive. And to make it look easy and, and, you know, so easy that the audience forgets about it is it's really broadcast really well quality. Done. These things got to go through a broadcast uh, system. Yeah. It really, really was well done. Uh, I'm going to, you know, go on the other side of things, you know, after, after the sound speeds, okay. Uh, of course the camera has to speed. That's correct. Uh, I thought the a cam B cam, and usually it's a crane, it, you know, Luke and I went to, uh, one of these studio tapings. So we got, That's I got right. an interesting BTS look at it. Uh, and it was awesome. Thanks to our other batch bro, Max. Shout out, um, Max. but, out, uh, the, the room felt smaller because there's no audience. So probably just three cameras and all three of those guys in conjunction with their direct, you know, the live director who's telling people where to point things uh, really impressive work. I mean, every single piece of drama was covered perfectly. Like mm. when it was Noah and Bennett, I got Noah Bennett and Tasha like, every beat I wanted, like when I really? wanted a reaction, it yeah. was there. Uh, not, there was never a time when I was like, Oh, I wonder how Noah reacted to that Bennett comment. Like you saw it, it was given to you as if they were in your head, uh, you know, knowing what you were going to want to see. And that's, and that's good storytelling. Uh, so shout out to the entire camera crew, uh, of the men tell all, whether they were and the, the crew from the director. season it sounds or like it's the technical, the TV. Yeah, for sure. The, the live technical director as well. Uh, shout out to the mental all sound and video teams. Well done. Awesome. Um, well guys, we're not going to be doing an episode for tomorrow's episode, but we will be doing Instagram live. So all you listeners out there, and there are some of you, um, make sure to tune into our IG live, the batch bros live. That's right. It's time to take a moment. Say goodbye to your bachelor bros. 
great analysis breaking down the show. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We're the Batch Bros. Bye.